Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited about this episode, and I know you are absolutely going to love my guest. So let's jump in. Lori is a Growth Owl LLC's founder and chief principal. She possesses over 22 years experience in corporate sponsorship support, corporate cause marketing, fundraising, corporate social responsibility, nonprofit consulting, executive sales management and training, and marketing strategy roles, earning her a reputation for establishing pathways quickly to exceeding revenue fundraising goals, building high-performance teams, developing relationships quickly, and outpacing expectations. Lori is also the author of The Boardroom Playbook, a not-so-ordinary guide to corporate funding for your purpose-driven organization, which is now available and out on Amazon. That's right. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And I love this topic. As you all know, who listen, I am a nonprofit uh former director of operations. I've Ah. served on several boards and I work on my team works with many nonprofits to provide done for you services because we know that sometimes people just want it done. They don't want to learn how to do it. So (laughs) I'm very excited about this conversation because I know many of my listeners have really started to serve on boards, but also really want to make an impact in their business and have started different ways to do that. But sometimes they've struggled because as we all know, nonprofits kind of beat to their own drum and have a different way of doing things. So I love this topic and having you on the show because I know it's a big goal of many of our listeners to make a bigger impact in the world. Wonderful. I I look forward to our discussion and, and all the different questions that you have for us, Sarah. Yeah. So tell me, how did you get into uh, doing what you do? Yeah. So I started Growth Owl back in 2018. But before I did that, I really kind of honed my craft in the area of corporate sponsorship, working with PBS and NPR. I spent just about 10 years with PBS and NPR. And a lot of people don't realize that at the local level, many stations, PBS and NPR, they share resources. So there were folks like me, and I had a team of about eight account executives and myself. We would go out and we would secure funding for the shows that you see on PBS, as well as the shows that you might listen to on NPR, if you're a listener, from corporations. I absolutely love that, that position, and I was really good at it. And I really learned how to kind of maneuver myself in that world what really resonates with corporations? What do they respond to? And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if I could take that same success and translate it for all different types of nonprofits, associations, startups? 
that's how Growth Owl was born in 2018. So what I do is I really try to empower my clients with tools, best practices, sometimes represent them on their behalf to primarily Fortune 1000 and larger corporations for the purposes of finding funding or finding resources. So mm. I absolutely love what I do. Uh, I know that it's something that's very needed and I love to be a resource for those that are in the purpose-driven or organization area. Oh, I love it. And so you were you were working and, and going out there and securing funds. And a lot of times that equates very similarly to sales for some of our entrepreneurs. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes entrepreneurs will say, well, I, I don't know how to close or I don't know how to secure the money or I know they really need my product, but they're not buying it. So how do you teach people to overcome that in the fundraising world, but also in the entrepreneur world? I'll tell you something that nonprofits and startups and uh, B2B, what they mm -hmm. all share in terms of a challenge mm -hmm. is in the very beginning, when they're reaching out to any type of organization, they tend to say way too much. Mm -hmm. Brevity is your friend. I talk a lot about brevity in my training as well as in my book. Think about it. We live in a society that when we see a 15 second pre-roll before what we want to watch, we just are like, oh, I got to watch this pre-roll ad. We have millisecond notifications on our phone. Decision makers in corporations on average now are getting about 120 emails a day. So oh, wow. we have to find ways to break through quickly and connect quickly. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, that is really half the battle up front. So the, the biggest piece of advice that I give nonprofit executive directors, development folks, startups, people starting a business that want to connect for any type of resource is just be very clear and brief in that initial message because yeah. the intent is not to get funding or your resource from that specific message. This is a journey, right? Mm -hmm. We just want to get the other person interested enough to keep talking to you. So, mm -hmm. you know, my biggest piece of advice outside of just being brief is when you're contacting an organization, a corporate decision maker, the basics, who are you? How does your organization connect the mission, vision, and values of their company? Basically, why should they care? Yeah. And what do you want next? Really just start with that. And I'm telling you, they're going to respect your brevity. They're going to respect your clarity and want to possibly work with you. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting. I've done a lot of asks as well myself. I found the same, same thing is true, but yeah. I'll have people tell me, oh, but I don't want to, I don't want them not to know what they're getting themselves into or anything like that. And I always used to laugh because my best friend, he was a major gifts officer at a, at a college. And he's like, it's right in my signature line, major gifts officer, right? People know <laughs> what, what, what this is eventually leading us to. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I equate a lot to what I do as like matchmaking and dating. Mm -hmm. So if you're just asking for the first date at this point, we're not talking anything about moving in together. We're not talking yeah. about marriage yet. That would scare people off. So we just want to make sure that there's an interest. But besides that, 
companies, corporate decision makers really resonate with people that have already Mm -hmm. identified the interest. You've done the pre-work, you've done the research Mm -hmm. on their websites, annual reports, ESG reports that, oh, there there is a potential partnership or potential fit here. This Mm -hmm. is why I'm coming to you. You're saving them the time to kind of vet that out. Yeah. And and I love that you use the word partnership Yeah, because it's not an exchange of cash. It Mm -hmm. truly is and can be a partnership when you approach it that way. Absolutely. You know, this this approach is more than just about funding. It could be about, you know, finding volunteers from a large organization. It could be about a corporate match program. It could be just about, hey, let's talk about a more philosophical partnership. Either way, the approach is the same, utilizing Mm -hmm. brevity and clarity. Yeah, I love it. So once that door is open, what do you do next? Yeah. So remember when you're opening that door, staying clear about what it is that you want Mm -hmm. and then always having the backup information, the research that you've done in order to kind of remind your decision maker what you're there for and why they should be speaking to you. Again, remember this is, if we take it back to courting (laughs) a little bit of dating, they're going to learn a little more about you with each outing. So the first thing that I recommend when we're talking more on the fundraising spectrum is don't talk unless unless the corporation brings it up themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't talk so much about money yet. Talk yeah. more about what what is the program fit that you see. So, for instance, if you're talking to a corporation that, you know, talks a lot about land conservation or something with the environment. And, and that's what your nonprofit obviously has an interest in. And you've read about other nonprofits working with them that are similar. Talk about that. Get them talking yeah. about the experiences that they're having. What tends to happen when you get them talking more is they'll start to say, oh, well, based on what we did with XYZ nonprofit or partner, mm-hmm. we could probably bring to the table this. Yeah. So you're the more kind of you're asking them questions again, being really brief, concise, getting them to do most of the talking, which unfortunately a lot of nonprofits and startups, they say too much. Like I said, at the beginning, when yeah. you get the corporation talking, you're going to get a lot more information to keep the communication engaged as well as possibly get a potential number. If you are looking for funding. Yeah. And I love that. I think one of the things too that I see in business, but also with nonprofits is if that initial conversation doesn't go anywhere, then that's kind of the end. But that shouldn't really be the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because there could be there could be other ways to work together. You know, if mm-hmm. your initial interest was going in to talk about funding and they just mm-hmm. they don't have the dollars allocated for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. There could be a lot of different ways they could still help you. Referrals. Are there other people within the organization? Maybe that part of the organization can help you, but somebody else can mm-hmm. in a different area. You know, maybe you're talking to corporate philanthropy and they said, you know what? You really should be talking to corporate DEI, diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion. They have their own budget that could possibly help you. Or marketing. Or or even marketing, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there could be other outside potential partners that they're working with, mm-hmm. maybe a traditional foundation that they're partnering with. Mm-hmm. So a decision maker might say to you, you know what, our philanthropic kind of dollars are, are kind of capped right now, but 
we're doing some work with XYZ Foundation. I'd be mm -hmm. glad to make a phone call or make a referral for you to talk to them. So those referrals are gold. Yeah. You know, that so, you know, stay open-minded about how what someone could help you, as well as don't forget, you know, corporate match. A lot of corporations love to talk about corporate match, mm -hmm. where, you know, a nonprofit is a, a validated uh, nonprofit within a corporation that employees can give money to. And then that corporation matches the employee dollars that are given. And then volunteers. You know, there's yeah. a lot right now in the media in terms of articles regarding how nonprofits are just trying to get more and more volunteers. They're having trouble doing it. Mm -hmm. So there could be an opportunity for a volunteer project. So you just, to your point, Sarah, you just have to keep your options open to turn that meeting around. Yeah. And to use your dating example, where the yeah. person you were, would be dating probably won't change in a company, <laughs> the values change, the people who are working there yeah. change, their initiatives change. And so now might not be the time, but later might be. And I think that's something that I've learned in business where I've worked with a yeah. lot of entrepreneurs where they're like, oh, well, that lead was from 2016. Well, yeah. something might've changed since 2016. Let's Let's see what, where they're at and where they're going and what they're doing. As an entrepreneur, as a startup, as a fundraiser, you're always planting seeds mm -hmm. and you never know when they're going to start to grow, but you yeah. have to continuously do that to your point. You're absolutely right. I love it. And so many of my listeners do have a goal of making an impact either through yeah. their business or their personal contribution. What advice do you have for people who have that as maybe one of their legacy goals? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So you can usually make impact in a few different ways. Obviously, if you want to do it financially, if you have the means where you want to give money, do research on your end, find the types of nonprofits or organizations that resonate with you and see if you can be an individual donor. Or mm -hmm. maybe you're somebody that's not able to do that, but you work for a company that is looking for employees to provide ideas. That's mm -hmm. another way you can go to your HR department or whatever department oversees that and recommend that nonprofit that you feel very strongly about. That is becoming a very popular means by corporations mm -hmm. to figure out who is going to get philanthropic dollars from their own employee suggestions. So that's another way. Wow. But I'll tell you through time, it, your, your time, as I mentioned earlier, nonprofits are struggling to find volunteers, just like companies are struggling to find employees right now. Nonprofits are struggling to find volunteers. So if you're able to give just a few hours a week or even a few hours a month, to mm -hmm. your favorite cause, that is just so valuable to these nonprofits, whether it's a two-person nonprofit, you know, that helps neighborhood kids to a multi-million dollar nonprofit that just really resonates with you personally. They all have a need for people. Mm -hmm. So remember, don't just think of need in terms of money. You can also think of it in terms of time as well as advocacy. You know, if you're very active on social media, just reposting information from your favorite nonprofits, that that's huge for them as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the, what I like about that is there's different ways to get involved. Yeah. And so you can get involved with one organization in several ways, or you can, you know, kind of spread that out and do a couple different organizations that are, uh, that speak to you. I think one of the questions that I get a lot is how do you find 
the right fit when you're trying to be a partner with an organization and make that impact? So the biggest, I'm going to start from like the fundraising spectrum here, which isn't that much different than others, but I wanted to preface that. Research on your end is imperative. So, So where do you go? First, you want to make sure that you have the right organization by starting with their annual reports. Mm-hmm. All corporations have annual reports that are on their website. Just Google XYZ Corporation Annual Report. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be up there. And most of these annual reports have a section for philanthropic giving or for corporate social responsibility, corporate DEI. Yeah. You can learn what types of organizations they like to either fund or partner with from those reports. Another good technique I like to use for more specific information is to set up Google alerts. Now, I want to make preference here. If you're going to set up Google alerts, create a different email address (laughs) because what Google alerts will do if you've never tried it, just go to Google, type in set up Google alerts. It'll walk you through. Google will start to send you every piece of news related information about that organization that's Mm. out there. So mm-hmm. imagine if you kept getting a bunch of information about Walmart for say every day, your, your inbox would be flooded. Yeah. So create a separate email address and you can even be specific. You could say Walmart sustainability or Walmart philanthropy and Google will scour the, the internet for you and provide you any news about what's going on with Walmart in, in those areas. So that is very specific information that you can find. And maybe you find an article from those Google alerts about a a local Walmart that's doing something with a a local garden nonprofit or a local children's nonprofit. There's the idea. You can reference that when you're approaching Walmart, whether locally or or nationally. So those are two good ways. And then the the third thing that is is just imperative now is you got to get on LinkedIn. You've got to get on LinkedIn and you have to research decision makers. So before I reach out to any decision makers and corporations, I really get to know their LinkedIn. And many times, because like I said earlier, the average decision maker in a corporation is getting 120 emails. I've had a lot of success as my clients have in reaching out to these decision makers on LinkedIn as opposed to an email. Yeah. So- you know, and what's great is I find that professionals on LinkedIn are talking a lot about themselves. And what's great about that is you might run into a decision maker that, gee, their organization's not doing anything that resonates with you, but the mm-hmm. person personally has an interest in what you do. Yep, so exactly. There's a conversation there. Yeah. So those are kind of the three areas you want to hit when you're going to research, you know, before you make that introduction about yourself. Yeah, I love that you brought up LinkedIn. I've always said LinkedIn is gold, but one of the things that's really interesting is a lot of people, I hope I don't break this secret, but a lot of people <laughs> set up their LinkedIn a long time ago. Yeah. And they don't realize they checked the box, share my email. And so there's actually a lot of emails ah. on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That 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 is a really good point. It is a great mm-hmm. place uh to find emails. And another resource I use for emails is Rocket Reach. Oh, they cool. do allow you to find a few free emails, but then you have to pay for the service. Being in the business I'm in, I do use the paid subscription. It's yeah. to me, it's worth it. Um, but it does a fairly good job at really finding some good high-end email. When I mean high-end, I mean C-suite, vice presidential. Yeah. 
emails in large corporations. Yeah. Cool. But your now, LinkedIn tool is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about your book because many of our yeah. listeners want to make an impact, but they also want to write a book. So yeah. tell me about that goal. Was that something that you always wanted to do or how did you get started on that journey? Excellent question. So I have had a lot of people ask me over the years, what is your process? You know, what, what makes you very unique? And I thought to myself, I gotta write this down. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of turned into the book. So the first thing I did was I created basically the table of contents. Mm -hmm. What would go in here? And I realized that everything I do falls under to what I call me, me, mo. That is my process. So everything with fundraising, contacting organizations, me, me, mo. So that stands for the mental, the mm. messaging, and the motion. So what mm. are you thinking? What are you saying and doing? And how are you contacting them? How are you getting them involved? So the whole book follows that pattern of Mimi Mo, and it has a lot of specific tactics, specific strategies on how mm -hmm. to get your mind in the game, make mm -hmm. sure you're doing the right things and that you're saying the right things to really resonate with decision makers. I also wrote the book for uh, fellow type Ayers like myself that really want to get to the nitty gritty. The book is a quick read. It's just a little over hundred pages, but it's the type that you can go back, highlight, you know, mm -hmm. reread things. And I try to keep it very engaging. I use real stories. Uh, I do change the names to protect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you could kind of, you know, put yourself, you know, you, you'll probably find a situation there that, that maybe you're going through. But that's how the book came about. I just had a lot of people asking me about the process and then it, you know, turned into this playbook. So that's why I called it the boardroom playbook. I love it. And so this book is intended audience is people looking to make an impact, serve on boards. Yeah. So it's really, it's really geared towards anybody that works on behalf of a purpose-driven organization and how I define a purpose-driven organization, really an organization mm -hmm. that just does good. You yeah. can be a for-profit that does good. Associations, nonprofits, social entrepreneurs, startups. And really, how do you engage with yeah. corporations when you're when you're at that level, as well as maybe some decision making board members? Yeah. So that's really who the book is geared towards. I've also had a lot of B2B salespeople reach out to me and mm. say there's some really good techniques in here, which makes sense because before I got into the nonprofit world, I, I did a lot in um media and business to business sales. So a lot of that does carry through. I love it. Awesome. So if somebody's listening to this episode and they want to work with you, what's the best way to get in touch and maybe what might they expect? Yeah. So you're welcome to reach out to me. You can send me a message on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. Just look for mm -hmm. Lori Zoskraska. My website is thegrowthowl.com and you can leave me a message there. And when you reach out to me, I always offer a free 30 minute consultation call. And no matter, you know, if we work together or not, I always have a, a good piece of knowledge to pass along for you that, that might get you in your, in, in your direction. So yeah, we could talk about a myriad of things, could talk about training, could talk about research, can talk about direct representation, but uh, there's a lot of different ways to 
slice this piece of bread, as, as they say, in terms of reaching out to corporations for revenue and resources. I love it. And I have one final question. I know that you probably have goals and stuff that you have set for yourself. Where do you see yourself goal-wise in the next five years? Wow. So I do plan on really building out the training portion of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become extremely popular. So I'm going to be doing a lot more types of training that probably even crosses over into other areas. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a lot of interest from B2B sales and in, in terms of what I do. So that's one way. Um, but also really engaging all different types of purpose-driven organizations that might think, gee, I'm I'm not sure if corporation support is for me. Mm-hmm. I really am on a mission and a journey to help all different sized organizations see that it is for you. And probably between now and the next five years, it's going to be a pivotal time for you to find corporations to align with. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know that many of the listeners are probably going to be checking you out because we've been talking a lot about impact and finding ways to make your impact in your life. So thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. All right, everyone. It's time to get out there and crush your goals and everything that gets in the way so you don't have to work double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.